And I pray that the Lord will help us this morning to consider the greatness that there is in the, the giver of love. I understand sometimes that we lose track of what love is because we have wrong models that are coming to us. And this morning, the Lord put in my heart to describe the ultimate destination that we have as believers. And sometimes we think it's just heaven. But the ultimate destination starts here on earth as we meet the source of love. And it's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So this morning... I pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us in understanding how we can bring our hearts closer to God. So if you can open the Bible in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, we will read it from verse 1 to 5, but we'll focus more on chapter 3, verse 5. That will be the verse of our meditation this morning. So we have the text in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, from verse 1 to 5. Let's read the word of God. Paul says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Praise God for His Word. Let me give you a context of the context of the letters to the Thessalonians. The first letter was written after Timothy, that was a, a co-worker with Paul, returned from Thessalonia to report that the new converts a time of persecution and opposition. So Paul is encouraging those believers to stand on the faith that receive through the word of God. And among the persecuted people, some of them died. Paul is taking an opportunity to teach them that those who are dying in Christ, one day will be resurrected again. And of course, some people that accuse Paul about his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And Paul is writing to defend himself almost. And then the second one, the second Thessalonians, was written because Paul tried to correct some of the teachings that he gave on the coming of the Lord. Because some people, they say, the Lord Jesus is coming soon. Why do we have to work? So they stopped the work. They were waiting for the coming of the Lord. And Paul is saying, if you don't work, you are not eating. It makes clear that we as a believers, we have to wait upon the coming of the Lord. But meanwhile, we have to be active in fulfilling our own responsibilities. And then he corrects some of those wrong teachings. He corrects some of the accusations that received. But at the same time, to encourage those believers, he's speaking about the necessity to stand for what they believe. Saying, not all have the same faith. Be careful, not even in the church, everyone has the same faith. And uh, the enemy will try to assault you, to discourage you, to steal from you. And Paul says, I pray that God will establish you, will guard you from the evil one. And then in verse 5 it says, 
May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. What a wonderful portion of the scripture. Paul exhorts the Thessalonians and believers to build their life upon God's eternal love. And this is something that we need to do today for us. I want to receive that prayer that Paul addressed to the Thessalonians believers. I want to be encouraged to build my life on the eternal love of God. And how we can do that. The natural question is, what is love? A greater clarity of this would give us a better sense of direction and purpose in our lives. And the quality also will affect the quality of our daily living. If we understand the love of God, if we understand how we are loved by God, and how we can transmit the love of God to other people, I'm sure that this will be a wonderful way to live meaningfully our lives. You see, love is a word that we use for so many different things. I love my wife and my children. I love to be in Canada. I love sports. I love this. I love the other one. I love to wake up early in the morning. I love it to be late at night. You see, we can use love as a many different meanings. But this leads to a more and deeper question that everyone needs to ask and to reflect upon. This question is, what is my ultimate destination on this earth? What is the purpose that I have living here on earth? We all want to live a happy and fulfilled life, right? I don't think there is a human being that is not aiming to have a meaningful and purposefully well-lived life. But how we can get there? How we can reach that destination? How we can find a place where we can be inspired to live a meaningful life. Human beings have a desperate need to find purpose. We are constantly searching for answer and seeking meaning and purpose in the events that we are facing in our life. Sometimes we can be facing the shocking tragedy of somebody close to us dying. Other times it can be a sickness that we are diagnosed with. Sometimes the difficulty that we find in parenting. Sometimes we have to face the responsibility of uh, taking decisions that will cause division in the people around us. Sometimes we have to deal with the consequences of a divorce in our family, a broken relationship. And all this will make this list longer. At the end, what is the point? What's the purpose? What does all these things mean to me? These are questions that we need to ask and to reflect upon. And you see, the answers we give ourselves, the meaning we give it to those events that happen in our lives, are also affecting the way that we reach the ultimate destination of our lives. And this morning, through the text that we read, I want to show you something about God's love and how God's love can affect in a very practical way our lives. First of all, let me tell you something. God's love is available to all. 
God doesn't make any distinction between uh, ages, between uh, races, between education. No, God's love is for everybody. God's love for the world passes through His love for each one of us. And this morning, if you are here, it's because God loves you and cares for you. His love is available for your life. doesn't matter if somebody maybe uh, give you or let you give you the impression that you are unloved. You are rejected. But there is one that will never reject you. And His Son, Jesus Christ. And His, His presence in your life that can fill you, you loved by the Father. And there is something special when we come to know the love of God. It is good to know that God's love is applicable to each person, to each individual. And each person can receive God's love in his own, on his or her heart. You see, by nature, we are selfish. We are also so prone to sin, so prone to rebel against God. It's that nature. We cannot change in our own that. We rebel against God. We are blinded towards the love that He has for us. And we run away from God. We try to do our best to hide ourselves from God Himself. And because of the sinful nature that we have. Do you remember what happened to Adam and Eve after they sinned? They hide themselves from God. They cover themselves to be not seen from God. But God pursue them and I want you to know that God is pursuing your life today because he cares for you because he loves you he truly and genuinely loves you and today most people don't know how to receive the love don't know how to give out the love because they didn't receive the love of God for their lives and look around us how we learn to love there is no school uh, when they are kids, they are going to school, there is no uh, a class where they are taught how to love. Where we learn how to love? From the example of the people that we have. What I'm trying to say here, that today the most valuable models of love are given from the industry of Hollywood. And look around, in movies. What are we learning from movies? That cheating... Is part of loving. The love can fail. The love can finish, vanish. The commitment that you take when you marry somebody is not forever. It's normal to cheat. We believe in this free way to interpret the life together as married people. We don't see the love of God. And my brothers and sisters... Is in this place, place like this, that we can learn the love of Christ. And learn how to model the love in our lives. And put in practice what we know about this love. So, the Lord Jesus did not come to define love. He came to model and to reveal and teach love to us. You see, the Bible doesn't give us the definition of love simply. It speaks about the action of love. It models love for us. If we are going to love like Jesus loved, 
then we need to look at what he revealed to us about his love. And what we know about the love of Christ. You see, it is good to know that God is able to direct us in a straight path. I love what Paul says. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. It is good to know that God has the desire to direct us in His love. To know that God is able to direct our hearts and our lives into His divine love is something that enriches. You see, the word direct is translated from the Greek word kathiotuno. If we look at the Greek lexicon, the Bible, we understand the deep meaning that there is in this verb. This verb, this term is compounded to the words, kata and euthus. Kata gives us the idea of a direction, while euthus describes a straight path. When you combine the two words, you have the understanding that God is able to direct you in a straight path. You see, the opposite of that is the, giving us the idea of wandering, of losing time, of wasting time before you reach your destination. And uh, if I look back on my life, I, and I'm sure that many of you will agree with me, before knowing Christ, we are looking for something to fulfill our hearts, and we, are, we were wasting time elsewhere. Instead, if we look at God, is able to bring us directly into his love without wasting time and without losing opportunities to enjoy his love. Let me tell you that there is a, a sense of frustration when we are losing the direction of our lives. When we are not able to understand where we are going. There is frustration. When you don't know how to direct your life. And when you know the road but you cannot get there. There is more frustration. Sometimes events are happening to us that will cause us to find an exit that is closed. Or moments where we lose track. And we're wondering. We're wondering. Isaiah describes the people of Israel like sheep without a shepherd. They were wondering. They were going astray from God because they didn't have a direction. But today, I'm so glad to say to all of us and to remind myself that we have somebody that can lead us. We have somebody that is interested to direct our lives towards the final and ultimate destination that is His love for us. And I'm so blessed to know that my God cares for me. My God loves me. And my God is your God this morning. Know that there is a God that cares for us. That will come and help you when you lose the track. It will bring you in the right place. While I was re preparing this sermon, I remember an episode that happened to my family. During the summer, I was driving my car. And we had one of those storms. Where water is pouring out and uh, you have a hard time to see. All of a sudden, the wipers didn't work. And I was wondering where I'm going. And we call upon the name of God. God, help us. 
That was the instinctive reaction that we had. And you know, all of a sudden, from nowhere, I see the light of a police car, because the police maybe was behind us and saw that I was losing direction with my car. And I don't know how to explain, but I believe that we're angels sent us by God to save us at that moment. Somehow, because I was able to fall the car, I was able to stop the car eventually. And uh, we called somebody to fix the, our problem. What a relief when I saw the police car and the lights that gave me direction. You know what? Sometimes we are like that. Storms happen all of a sudden. And you think that you are equipped to find a direction. And all of a sudden you discover that your expertise is not good enough to lead you through that storm. You need a, a police car around you with the lights to lead your path. And I'm so grateful for God himself. The love that he has for us. The way that he cares for us is present at the moment that we call upon his name. He's able to lead our path. He's able to direct our lives into his great love. Now, Paul was literally praying that they will understand the grace of God. And you know why? Because he said to direct our hearts, your hearts. And again, here the Greek lexicon of the Bible come to help us. And it, it give us understanding that the word heart here is the word cardia, from which we have many words in English that comes from the Greek word cardia. We refer to a cardiologist, right? As the doctor that takes care of the heart. Paul is saying, may that love of God, may the direction of God go deeper in the inner part of your being. God is able to give you direction intellectually, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. He's able to direct you into his love. He's giving us the idea of God's grace reaching the people, the heart. And this morning, I want you to know that God is able to care for you deep in your heart. Deep in your soul, deep in your mind, no matter what is the cause of your trouble, no matter what is the something that caused you to lose direction, God is able to bring you back in the right track. So my brothers and sisters, God doesn't want us to waste time of energy. God doesn't want us to waste our days or to take too long to get into his love. Please, this morning, don't feel excluded by God's love. He loves you. He cares for you. And is willing to commit deeply to reach you. And that brings me to the second point. God's love is intentional. God's love is intentional. There's probably never a day that we don't think about something that needs to be changed in our lives. So we can be a better person living in a better situation, in a better circumstance. We look at our lives and decide where change is needed and what it should look like that change applicable in our lives. You know, some example I can give it to you. Oh, if only the boss where I work with would be more patient. If only my husband or my wife were more caring. 
If only my father didn't drink so much. If only my son would quit arguing and listen to me when I talk. If only we had been able to get a better house. If only I could get a better pay. If only, if only the list can continue going on. We want to change. And often our desire for change are not fundamentally wrong. The problem is that they just don't have a deeper roots. They cannot go deeper to the source of the problem. Or the reason why we want to have that change. The Bible confronts us. The change isn't a change outside us. It's a change within us. It's within us. And the most blessed thing that God can do is to deliver us from ourselves. From our ego. Fundamentally our nature is sinful. And unless God comes and delivers us from the sinful nature that we have and we carry on, we will miss the understanding of God's love for our lives. Because when we understand God's love for us, also we understand that no matter what is outside us, we will carry the presence and the love of God in us. We will find purpose and meaning because we are children of God. Because we feel loved by God. Because we feel cared by God. And that's why Paul will say clearly, if Christ Jesus is with us, if God is with us, if God the Father is with us, if God the Holy Spirit is with us, who can be against us? And Brings a list of things, calamities, situations that can happen to a believer. But if God is with us, Paul says, we are more than conquer in Christ who strengthen us. That's the reality. When you are changing inside, then you have something to rely upon. And it's the love of God. The fact that we know Jesus. The fact that we experience the care and the purpose that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus. God's great desire is to meet us and lead us so our hearts don't wander aimlessly. Don't wander without having a target, a destination. No, He's going to give us a destination. This is the testimony of great men of God. Like a St. Augustine that says that he was a, a rich man. That he was wandering until he found God and filled the gap that he had in his soul, in his heart. So God is calling us to, to himself. So we may trust his love for our life. There's a beautiful passage in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 31 verse 3. He said these words. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. It's not amazing the kind of commitment that God has for all of us. What a comfort we may receive when we read, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You see, the love of God doesn't start at the moment that you start to serve Him. 
He loved you even before. And He will continue to love you in the everlasting life with Him. That's the ultimate destination. But it begins here. When you get to know the love of Christ. The love of God. And this day, maybe there is somebody specifically that needs to hear the love of God. They need to hear that God is committed to love in a way that is everlasting. Maybe there is somebody in our midst that needs to know that God is faithful. That's why Jeremiah says, because God loves us in an everlasting way, He will continue to be faithful towards us. Paul will take back this. And while he's writing to Timothy, he says that even if we fail, God cannot deny himself. He will continue to take care of our lives because he's faithful. And again, to the Corinthians, he said, faithful is the one that called you. You see, we are dealing with God. And dealing with God means that we're dealing with a person that is committed to us. He has a covenant made with us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We have the promise of a special guide. You see, Jesus, when He left the earth, He promised to His disciples not to leave them like orphans. He gave them the promise of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we read in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Look at those adverbs and, and that qualify, an adjective that qualify the love of God, the presence of God. It's not something that is there today and then we have to doubt that it isn't there anymore. It's faithful forever. It's with us forever. It will love us. We're lasting love. That's what the Bible says. And going back into our text, in John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and it will be in you. There is a difference between you and the people that don't know the Lord. There is a difference when you know God's love. You see, Jesus is speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Those who don't know God cannot receive the guide, the help. Because they don't know Him. But if we know the Holy Spirit, we can receive His help. He can guide you. He can guide us. And praise God for this. The work of God in our lives doesn't begin and ends with us being born again. No. He doesn't save us to leave us alone. It's giving us the Holy Spirit. We are not orphans. We are not abandoned. It's intentionally and purposely equipping us to reach the ultimate destination. Eternal life with Him. That's amazing. Look at Ephesians 3, 14, 19. Paul is writing to another group of believers in the city of Ephesus. And he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. What did we say before? That God's 
Love is directing where? Towards our hearts. In the inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with the all fullness of God. You see, God is willing to reveal himself to us. If I look back and I say this for God's grace and God's glory. I'm not the same person that was before. Why? Because God's grace has been changing my life. And more I allow him to go deeper in my soul, more I see the benefit of those changes. Are always those changes causing pleasure? <laughs> no. Sometimes more deeper the hand of God goes, deeper is the pain. Right? <laughs> but at the same time, joy comes out of those pain. Our sinful nature is straight for the divine nature of God. We are no more geared towards sin. We are geared towards holiness. We are no more under the condemnation. We are under the rewarding aspect of being in fellowship with God. We will receive crowns. You see, when I face storm in my life, it's right there beside me. And his focus is on me. I will take care of you, my son, my daughter. I will be with you. I give you the Holy Spirit. It will be your comforter. It will be your helper. It will guide you. It will let you know the way. That's the benefit that we receive. Can you imagine how better and more richer would be your life? If you had a more understanding of the fullness of God's love for you, God's promises for you, I truly believe that will make a change in all of us. That's why we should pray, Lord, more of you. More of your presence. More of you in my life, oh God. And this brings me to the third point. God's love is transformational. God has intentionally revealed us is will through the power of the Holy Spirit that will light His word to us. He has left us not only a helper, a guide, a comforter, but also He left us His precious word. This word will reveal the will of God for our lives. This word is the foundation of our faith because faith comes from the hearing the word of God. And even the psalmist in Psalm 119 say these precious words for us. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, when we know the word of God, we are not walking in darkness. Uh, here the psalmist is taking uh, the image of somebody that was walking during the night. In those years... In those times, they were not the lights that we have today in our city. So a traveler had two kinds of sources of light. One was a, a little lamp attached to 
the bottom part of the leg. So that lamp had the purpose to bring light in the immediate place where the foot will go. And then there was a, a bigger light that was giving light to the old path. And the word of God has this meaning to us. It gives a light in the immediate situation we're living in. But also brings light on the future, on the eternity. It brings light on what will happen to us. And I'm so glad that I can be reassured by the word of God concerning my future. You know, I don't need to go to people that read the tarots for me or read the palms of my hand to know the future. I have the word of God. I don't need to go and look for horoscope to understand what God wants from my life. I have the word of God. And that word brings light in my life. Sometimes we have a time to follow our wise and loving Lord because the change is working on in us. It's not understood by us because we don't have a clarity that comes from the word of God. But when we read the word of God, we are perfected by the word of God itself. We are washed by the blood of Jesus and by the word. We are cleansed. And when you have a knowledge of the word of God, you change yourself. You mirror yourself. And you see in the mirror the defects, the things that you need to change. Because you want to be like Christ. You see, Jesus and the word of God himself wants to change us from people who live unto themselves. Into people that live for God. He's saying, I'm changing you, son. I want you to know the greatest love that I have for you. So you can become a better person. You can become a person filled with my love and care. You see, God wants us to be partakers of his divine nature. That's amazing again. I don't know you, but when I read the passage like 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, I get so excited. I want to read it with you too. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, His divine power, His divine power, not my power, not your power, but His divine power has granted us to all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see, God is wants to be equipped through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. We have made partakers of the divine nature. Praise God for this. Paul's confidence in the well-being of the Thessalonians was the influential action of God. The transformation was coming. Those believers were living under a moment of persecution. As I mentioned before, there was instability in their lives for the cause of the sake of the gospel. But Paul, knowing by personal experience how hard it was to continue to serve God under those circumstances, is praying for them. 
and is reassuring them. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Praise God for this. You see, the word of God is reminding us that we serve a faithful God. He is whipping us, but he's transforming us. And through that transformation of his love, we are guarded. We are established in his path. Praise God for this. Paul associated the love of God with the steadfastness of Christ. I like that. Because Jesus himself, you know, he learned to be steadfast. He endured things. He was mocked. He was rejected. He went through the pain of not being believed in his own family. His own brothers didn't believe in him at the beginning. He was rejected in the city where he grew up. You see, to love God it means also accepting difficulties, trials. And the writer to the Hebrews says concerning Jesus Christ something important. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says... Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, my brothers, said the writer, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. When we are Looking up to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, we can find stamina to continue to endure our trials and difficulties. He did it, so we can do also. We can make it. Because God will give us strength. You see, love is not something that you just feel. Love is an action. It's a choice. And Jesus chose to endure until the end. Jesus' steadfastness was able to influence their faith towards their ultimate destination. And I'm telling you today, my brothers and sisters, we know that we are cared by God. We know that things will happen to us. We can be disappointed. But again, we have the responsibility to look to Jesus. Because it's not the church that will perfect our faith. It's not the church in itself. Is Jesus the author? Of course, he places us in his body where we wish we can do the best work. But remember, Jesus is the perfecter and the author of our faith. In Hebrews 5, 7, 9, it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with a loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. He became the source of eternal salvation to those who obey him. So our challenge, and I'm going to close this sermon with some application for us this morning. Are we willing to obey him? First of all, allow God to direct your life. Allow God to direct your life. Can you think for a moment right now when God wants to lead your life and you didn't listen? Can you think a moment where God called you?
to receive his love and you refused because you thought you had a better way? This morning, I want you to be encouraged and prayful. Approach the throne of grace and say, Lord, yes, I was stubborn. I lost months, years far from you. I want to be back. I want to allow you to direct my life. And then choose willingly to take the right direction. Don't dictate it to God what he needs to do in your life. Say, Lord, I'm here. I'm surrendering. Lead me whatever you want. Take over, God. I've done so much damage trying to lead my own life. But today, I say, take over, God. Take the control. Take the will. And then, as you do so, keep your motives pure to stay in the right track. It's not for the reward. It's for the love that God has for you and I. So let us be more full conscious of our need to be renewed in our faith and to be more submitted and surrendered to his own perfect will. Can we all stand?